Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman Round 5 review. Um, I very nearly said welcome to the morning sports briefing, but hey, no, it's 8 p.m. at night. It's not 7 a.m. in the morning, folks. I've uh, got to get the right show, um, haven't we? Um, and um, yes, the final round of the regular season uh, for Super Rugby Trans Tasman. We had five games, uh, two on Friday and three on Saturday, uh, with um, four teams still with a chance of uh, making it into the super, into the final, even if there was only realistically three of them. Uh, but um, hey, that's uh, how these things go. You never, never know, do you, Stephen, as to whether you might or might not make it. Yeah, too true, Paul. And once again, great to be on the uh, show. And I'm glad you got the opening right, mate. That's, all, that's, a, that's a good start to the show. So it puts us on a good uh, uh, course with all the stars aligned, hopefully. Yes, that's right. Um, I, I see that uh, you haven't got your lighting quite sorted this evening, but apart from that, we're all good. Um, it's nice to see that you've got the uh, my blue, the, the same the same versions I've got up there, I think, pretty much. Or maybe it's a slightly earlier one. Yes, no, the blue it, jersey. It, is a, it is the same, uh, same jersey. The only... The only um, I got this as a uh, player issue jersey off uh, one Benson Stanley. So there you go. Oh, it's a player issue one. Oh wow, mine is not a player issue one. That's wow. That's one one step above mine. So you've got the pocket in the back for the um, GPS unit. Yep, yep. It's back here somewhere. But oh, this oh, this is not an actual <laughs> player issue, but a training player issue. Oh, a training player issue. Okay, so not not actually a game day one. Um, so back in the day, they used to train in game in game colours because now obviously. They train in non. Uh, they don't train in the play, playing jersey, do they? They play. A, they, they train a different type of jersey yeah, yeah. Um, nowadays. Um, but good evening, to Simon. Good evening to Nocturnal Rights, and good evening to everybody else who is joining us live. Don't forget, you can join us live at. Uh, well, I'll just say at eight pm every week. But there's only one more. This is the last week. Um, but um, don't worry, uh, you can join us at eight pm on a Tuesday evening for the Driving Wolf Show every week live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So there you go um, with that one. Also, you can listen to us as a podcast to search New Zealand Sport Radio on your wherever you get your podcasts from. That's apparently the way you say it nowadays, uh, not podcatchers or all this kind of stuff. But anyway, we kicked off on Friday night, Stephen, with the um, Hurricanes versus the um, Reds um, in this one. Um, I mean, Laomape, um certainly came to play and uh, make a point in his last home game uh, in uh, f- for the Hurricanes, didn't he? Yeah, very much, very much. That so. probably sums up uh, Nani's uh, career while he's uh, whilst well, since he's obviously come back to rugby from the uh, Warriors, if we if we can recall. And uh, yeah, it was probably one of his uh, his better performances of the year. Just probably sending a parting shot out to uh, to New Zealand rugby what they they could have had, but that's probably another debate for another day. Yeah, that'll be another debate for another day. Um, on that one, um, the uh, and. Um, Look, it looks like um, we, we end up having lots of disallowed tries uh, early on. I mean, Tupo was just short. Um, uh, Le, um, um, Dongunu um, just uh, uh, just managed to get uh, Lamapi, and Lamapi put the ball down his leg, not on the grass. Uh, so a couple of disallowed tries um, really kept it sort of quiet in that um, 
uh, first half. Actually, we also had the um, uh, another one that was called back after Julian Surveyor uh, had, uh, had knocked on um, because of Lomax for his yellow card. Um, and uh, this game, in all honesty, we did a post-match reaction to this one. And the post-match reaction or I did, uh, was, was more about the referees um, than it was the actual play, unfortunately, uh, in this one, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. As you know, I got a bit frustrated and ended up catching up the rest of the game on uh, on, uh, on on Saturday. That's how much it, 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 frustrate, it frustrated me. Uh, it's fair enough to say that during that first half, probably the Reds didn't always take their their opportunities. The only one opportunity that they did um, take was a very impressive Tate McDermott um, mm. taking his opportunity. And uh, listen, he was quite busy all night as well. So... Uh, that was um, a really good game. Might have, might have actually been a game that got him into the uh, Wallaby squad, but obviously we'll talk about that on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, Luke, so I've not actually looked at that today as I had my daughters with me. So I've not actually looked, whilst I know the Wallaby squad has been announced, I've not looked at it in any detail. Um, it sounds like quite a big and comprehensive one from what I read on Twitter uh, with not too many um, surprises. Uh, perhaps a couple left out that weren't expected, but we'll, as you say, we'll get onto that on Tuesday evening on the Driving More show. Um, yeah, questionable as to whether that was a no-arms tackle uh, that led to the Geordie penalty um, just before half-time. Uh, look, there was definitely arm in it, um, <laughs> so uh, I'm not really sure um, what was uh, what was wrong with it. But hey, there you go. Um, the uh, but so in October, right says yeah, Reds really have to work on their tackling uh, for next year. Absolutely, 69% tackling in this one. They missed 48 tackles in this game. So. Um, Yes, we'll talk a lot about. Yeah, yes, there was a lot of talk, and there was a lot of talk about refereeing, but um, that really just distracted from a very, very poor defensive effort by the Reds in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably at the end of the day, um, what what led them, what led them down. You know, not taking their, their chances as well. But yeah, they, they're capable of of scoring scoring points. Boy, they got some they've got some really good, promising players. But really, at the end of the day. Just so many missed one tackles, really, really, and truthfully, their, their defence pretty much went out the window um, once uh, Dalgunu got a yellow card early in the second half. Yeah, I mean, to, to be uh, other point, to be fair, the Reds they had the the, um, the Canes pack in all sorts of trouble, uh, and I think that, that has been one of the things we've said about the Canes uh, throughout the year is they need to beef up that pack. Look, they've they've got themselves, um, they've already gone as uh, re- recruited a, a fairly chunky second row uh, for next year, so they're heading in the right direction. Um, in uh, in that one, um, but yeah. So let's so so the second half. Look, it blew out. It was ten seven at half time. It blew out to forty three fourteen. Um, but uh, really, uh, we had Dongunu getting yellow carded. Look, he got back. He made a tackle. Um, he was uh, uh, now whether he got up from the tackle or some people say he got back on side and came into the ruck and then fell off the side of the ruck. Either way, he was stood up um, and he wasn't behind the last foot of the player, so he was offside. Or and he was also only on his knees. Um, a player comes through who gets tackled. He uh, he becomes the second tackler, tackling off his feet, which um, isn't allowed. So, uh, but that wasn't what he was called for. He was called for offside. Uh, it was called cynical, uh, and he got a yellow card. Now, to me, that was extremely harsh, considering he's the second tackler. So he's not actually that uh, the first tackler had had made a tackle. It wasn't like one who bounced off, um, and he was joining it. So he didn't really alter play by much there. So to to call it cynical and to, to go yellow card was harsh. Um, a penalty, fine. Yes, he's offside and he got involved. But a yellow card, I think, was over the top by the referee in that one, uh, personally. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but a letter of the law was the... Um, I hate, I hate that, uh, that, that, that terminology. Yes, the referee can justify uh, the call from, yeah, from, 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 uh, from what happened. Um, but, yeah, as I say, I think the, the wrong decision was made there. Mm, very much so. I, like you, I think we can all agree that it was very harsh. Yep. And there were a couple of other harsh calls um, that, that were spying. Another, another one was the we had the Canes um, pack retreating at a rate of knots. Um, one of the props um, then, uh, because the uh, the Canes pack is going backwards, the Reds prop puts his knee down and gets straight back up immediately um, and then gets called for, 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 for being the first person to put his knee down. And I'm, I'm like, really? Uh, the reason he's gone down is because he's he's got he's, he's pushing, and basically what he's pushing against something yeah. disappeared. Um, yeah. So to me, that was again. Yeah. Um, how do you? Yeah. How do you hold your feet 
when the other the guy that you're marking on the other side of the scrum is going back at a rate of knots really and truly. Yeah. I just I, I would just think Paul, you know, common sense by the official at the end of the day would would, would take would would take place if you know what I mean. But gee, really, <laughs> so, once again, all the all the all the tight calls went against the Reds. It's fair to say. Yeah, and, look, and, and, and in that one. Um, uh, say so, yeah, if you're collapsing a scrum, totally. He wasn't collapsing the scrum; he kept it up. Uh, so yes, so that that was all um, all harsh. Um, the um, and then Dr. says I've been calling for more penalty tries. What happened to Hegarty was not what I had in mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We then had a penalty try. Uh, look, it was 22 four, uh, 14 at this point. So yeah, and an eight point gap. The games were going to win, but it wasn't going to blow out. I don't think like it did. Penalty try. Um, now. The ball gets through. Lamapi is trying to uh, reaches out for it. It bounces up more than all of us expected. Hegarty gets his hand on it, tries to bring it down um, to, uh, to, to to put it down, um, but um, ends up pushing it out instead uh, and gets called for deliberate deliberately knocking the ball out and a, a penalty try. As apparently, if he wasn't there, a try would probably have been scored. Oh, not sure it would have been considering where Lamapi was at that point. Um, I think it could have easily bounced out anyway. Um, so you had a yellow card and a penalty try. That blew it out to 29-14. And basically at that point, the Reds had just gone, what's the point in playing this game when the referee's just blowing everything against us? Um, and Aaron says, yeah, agree. Some harsh calls against the Reds, but sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. Yes and no. Um, There's a lot a lot of crumble. <laughs> they had to eat a lot of crumble on Friday night, I tell you. you, know, you and that's... That's the kind of one where the referee should get gets taken to one side afterwards uh, and say, "Look, you mate, you, you you had a bad day at the office." Now, I am not for one saying this guy should never referee again or anything like that, um, but um, he is. But there needs to be a review uh, and to talk to him about how, what he's got wrong there uh, in those ones. If they come out and say, "Hey, look, we uh, we got a couple wrong," um, then that that'd be nice. But they don't have to come out publicly say it. But he definitely needs to be told. Definitely needs to be reviewed. Uh, and, and told where he's gone wrong there because that one was and the problem with these calls. I mean, the the, the knee down at the scrum. It, 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 yes, he's making it as as the play goes on. But this one um, and the Donguni one, they've both gone to the TMO. We've had four sets of eyes all watching the the, the replay, and that's the decisions they come to. Nah, sorry. Um, and there also does seem to be a uh, with that Lomax one, a big effort by the referees not to give out reds. Uh, in this one, because yeah, that that very easily could have been, um, uh, could, could could have been could have been that one there. Um, Nocturne says, yeah, it took the deserved loss of the Hurricanes victory. Uh, yes, look, the, I'm not saying the Hurricanes would have lost this game. Uh, they were, I think they were still have won the game, uh, but so it definitely took a lot of the gloss off it. Um, Aaron's there says reckons uh, that uh, Eggsy's palms was facing outwards, not downwards. Look. It bounced up more than he expected. Uh, we're going to disagree. To dis we'll have to agree to disagree on this one. He, uh, that he was trying to get it down, and it just went wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there was the intent to actually try and force it, and you know, once again, that's what common sense, a little bit of common sense play. If you want to go under the letter of the law, by God, <clears throat> instead of warning players, why not penalise them? You know. Yep. Really and truthfully, comes back to comes back to that. Uh, that consistency uh, piece. Listen, at the end of the day, it was a victory for the for the Hurricanes and well deserved. But I thought at the end of the day, the score flattered flattered them and made them out to be a heck of a lot better than what they really were. So, first game on Friday, all the discussion on Twitter was about the uh, refereeing, not the rugby. Second game on Saturday, all the discussion on Twitter was about the jersey clash, not the rugby. So we had a good four hours of rugby that no one really talked about. Because uh, <laughs> other things were going on um, that, that, that were leading the conversation or, lead, uh, or the narrative, whatever you want to um, call it. Seriously, the Brumbies in their home jersey uh, or in, in their first choice jersey, uh, the Highlanders decided they're, that they're, they will wear their away jersey, which is white with uh, dark green shorts to, against a team that probably white with dark blue shorts. And trying to tell who was who was an absolute joke. Um, on the screens, look, we Super Rugby are brilliant at this. We've seen um, the Bulls versus the Highlanders, where the Highlanders had a blue jersey um, before um, over in South Africa, and again, you couldn't tell the difference. At least the Bulls then changed their jerseys at half time. Um, now, in 
one of the things that, uh, that has happened is that uh, New, Zealand, New Zealand rugby have gone away from what has been traditionally how you do rugby jerseys. Um, uh, in, uh, in rugby, uh, you have a first kit, an alternate kit, and the home side will put on an alternate kit if there is a clash. Uh, we've seen that when the All Blacks travel up to Scotland, with Scotland playing white at home, for example. When um, then um, the um, uh, so the but what New Zealand rugby have done is they have chosen not to have an alternate jersey, but to have an away jersey um, for the Super Rugby teams. I think it's probably last year, or it's, or at least within the last two years, that distinction has been made, and they're purely for commercial reasons because they want to sell more of them. Uh, the Nike and New Zealand rugby are asking. The, uh, um, the Super Rugby franchises to wear their away to wear their second jersey, which is called their away jersey, when they're away from home, um, and it just uh, leads to these farcical situations. As I say, traditionally you don't have an away jersey in, in rugby; that's a football thing. Um, you have an alternate jersey that you wear at home if there's going to be a clash, um, and yeah, this kind of stuff just doesn't need to happen, does it, Stephen? No, I, t- I, t- I totally agree. It's and it is such a simple thing. And, you know, just for the case of, of a perceived few extra dollars to buy extra jerseys, you know, really is absolutely nuts. And, and to be honest, it, it I didn't see that game live, but I saw it the next day. And that's, that was the first thing on my radar that I actually saw is why aren't they wearing different jerseys? I don't, I don't think I paid attention to the first half at all because I was just watching the jerseys. Um, the... Um... And sorry if I said Nike, Adidas, Simon, yes, you're quite right. Adidas is the sponsors um, of uh, of New Zealand. Um, As far as rugby went, uh, um, Ekatau got the first try in the corner. Um, The um, the Highlanders then went to their line-out more, which worked for them really, really well in this one, um, and uh, got themselves um, a try. Um, Real good thinking here. The first line-out more, they threw to the front, and the Brumbies defended it well by pushing them all out. So from then onwards, the uh, Highlanders went to the back of the line out where it's too far away to push it out off the sideline um, and therefore um, did very well to get to get the scores. Um, the, um, uh, they, they, got, they, they got themselves a, uh, um, a fan, fantastic uh, uh, try um, off the, um, with Aaron Smith running supports uh, of, of Nariki. Uh, some great some running lines there. Um, to go up to um, 14-5. Uh, then the um, uh, a line-out more went, um, um, got over for the uh, Brumbies um, with uh, with Lonergy at their Lonergy, um, uh, to make it a two-point game at half-time, 12-14. But I think a, a, a common theme in this one this weekend, I mean, look, the, the Hurricanes' Reds was 10-7 at half-time. This was 12-14 at half-time. Um, we uh, the Waratahs Chiefs was seven fourteen at half time. Three games there that are pretty close at half time, but then blow out in the second half um, as the um, uh, as the uh, I guess greater fitness and depth tells here. Look, a lot of these Australian sides have had to go to club rugby as they've run out of players. Uh, and I think we're seeing that in the depth of, of their bench thing. Yeah. It's, it... To give the, the Brumbies a bit of credit, if, if you think back to the very, very first try, Ikato scored. That, that you could arguably say that first ten or twelve minutes was dominated by the, the Hurricanes. So it must have, I mean, the, beg your pardon, the Highlanders. So it must have been concerning that they, <clears throat> excuse me, weren't getting the points. So the likes of Ash Dixon's try and of course Smith's try came at the right time, but that work was a little bit undone by letting uh, Lonergan in for the try just before halftime. And you're right, when it got to halftime. Gee, have we have we actually got a bit of a contest on? I know that know that um, the the Highlanders. I, I always thought we'd get on top, get over the but Brumby simply because uh, they needed the win and they needed to get that win with with the bonus point. I I didn't think for a moment they'd actually get the bonus point win, but I had a funny feeling they'd they'd get the win. But even in the second half, it took them a while to get going again. Oh yeah, well, they, they got some. I mean... Um, Aaron Smith um, goes over after what 46 minutes. That's a pretty quick one there. Um, next one came on 57 minutes and 63 minutes. So uh, yeah, they dominated that second half in that period and then just basically held out uh, towards the end, letting Brumby's errors such as kicks out on the full etc. Um, be the uh, 
the way that this be the way the game closed out um, uh, with that one. But look, all the talk from Aaron Smith coming into this game, and as Nocturnal Wright says, Aaron Smith was completely focused um, and driven. Modern great, best I've seen as, as a fly half, and a guy who really carried this team and made sure they weren't going to lose. <laughs> this was uh, yeah. Um, we've seen Jordy Barrett carry the the, the Hurricanes at times this weekend, uh, and Aaron Smith was there to say, right, guys, we are not losing this game. This is happening. And uh, and by pure force of will, made sure they got that uh, that, that, that tri-bonus point, I think. Yeah, I have to agree with Nocturnal. He, he, he is, you, you can just, even here, there was a moment there where they, they, where they won in scrum. And he was so overexcited. I think in the next next play, he kind of, kind of flew it. I think he, he made, made a mistake no sooner than he, then he was charhooing that they'd won the actual scrum, scrum <laughs> but it just shows you how how competitive the guy is. And uh, yeah, I I think yeah he's easily the best number nine I've ever seen in in this country and and for the All Blacks as well. He definitely comes into a, a full conversation in terms of best ever. You know, along alongside like Gareth Edwards and and people of that ilk. Yep. Um... Aaron uh, says, look, uh, what would the Highlands be without Aaron Smith? Uh, look, you, we, we, we've seen that before. When, when Aaron Smith and Ben Smith a couple of years ago had to take uh, um, uh, two of their weekend, two of their rounds off because of uh, All Blacks um, resting, you would find the Highlands would lose those two games. Uh, yes, they are. They have one starting All Black uh, in Aaron Smith. <laughs> and uh, obviously they used to have Ben Smith. They used to have um, sort of people like players like Fekitoa and... Um, uh, I've gone blank as, as to the uh, Sopawanga, um, Naholo. Uh, yes, they always have been reliant on on those kind of players oh. to add the stardust to what is a very hard-working team. Yeah. Um, Listen, you know. what would they be without Aaron Smith? They'll probably have uh, Falao Whakatawa there as, as well. And boy, if you ever wanted a, a really good understudy, there's your, there's your understudy right there. Now, anybody who's seen these... Um, um, documentaries that uh, Sky have been running on individual players. Um, the one on Aaron Smith was obviously the first, first particular one, uh, along with Anton Leonard Brown and I think just recently Tom Robinson. But what was so fascinating about the Aaron Smith one was how hard he works away from team training, always, even at his age, making himself better and better. And I, I think you'll find that he will hang around with the um, with the Highlanders as long as he can. And probably at some stage let Falao Fakatava transition into the number one halfback. But boy, what a handy backup to have. But also I want to throw something in there. I noticed one of the tri celebration was with the with the staghorns. So yeah. uh, social social network is going wild and crazy at the at the minute. Has Aaron Smith signed with the Southland Stags? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, he's a um uh, perhaps we need to get our um, our, our friend uh, uh, um, down there to have a, have a quick phone call um, with, with someone from, from Southland. Um, I could text him right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, you've got him a text and find out. But uh, uh, look, it, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Look, he doesn't play for Manawatu Turbos. He's played like what once in, in the last 14 years, next silly. Um, so why, uh, why sign with them? Why not sign with one that's much closer yeah. to home where he can uh, easily get to a game if he needs to for uh, for fitness or coming back from injury purposes uh, and can still be at home with his family, with his business, uh, if he's uh, if he's not with the All Blacks. Got a, listen, got a young family. Um, you, you're dead, right? And Vicargo was just down the road, not too far not too far to go. He wouldn't want to uplift them again because, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously um, with, with New Zealand for maybe a couple more, couple more seasons. I'd say post-World Cup, he's probably still going to going to be around and I think just for the sake of his sake of his family I think he probably wants to stay in Dunedin so uh, yeah watch that watch that story with uh, with interest but uh, definitely there seems to be a lot of people on the social network who seem to think there is a story <laughs> there somewhere that way, the, the, I mean if there's ever a way to publicly announce it that was pretty that was pretty much announcing it <laughs> unless unless his club side is uh, somehow got some sort of stags in it that that was publicly announcing that he's signed for Southland. Let's be blunt. <laughs> um, as um, as Nocturne says, he, he might play one game at most. Look, the only time he's ever going to play for them, pardon me, is um, is if he's coming back from injury and, and needs some game time. 
Otherwise, he won't play for them. I know that some of the, he did play last year. The only reason he played last year was because of COVID. Um, and so, unless we're going to do, unless we're going to have another COVID, uh, the only, yeah, the only thing he'll, only reason he'll play for them is is, is injury. Um, and until 2024, as you say, he may, he may, they may decide after 2023 um, with him. How old is he? We'll do a quick, um, a quick Google on that. But um, uh, with him, uh, yeah, you, you, you'd have to think that. Uh, um, with him being 32 uh, years old now, um, he'll be 34 uh, come the Rugby World Cup. He's not going to be going to the 2027 World Rugby World Cup at uh, um, at what's with that at 38. So you'd think they would move on from him at that point, even though he's got a couple another couple of years of rugby in him. But but there's no reason why he can't carry on playing Super Rugby if, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to this with the likes of Richard Kahui and Jeremy Thrush can play until they're 37, 38, hey, why not? Oh, absolutely, yeah, he will have definitely have two or three years left in him. Uh, and I think with him having those businesses in Dunedin, uh, I can see him being a Richard McCaw-style one-club guy and, and not go overseas. Uh, I can understand I mean, some people say, yeah, well, he'll take the money. Well, yeah, you take the money, but then you're not with your family uh, and you're neglecting your business, which is your money after after rugby. Um, so to me, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does stick around and become a one club, uh, a one club guy. Um, anyway, they did what they needed to do. They got the try bonus point, uh, and they'll be happy with that. Uh, that put them into um, the uh, uh, that, that, that meant that uh, the Crusaders had to win by um, by thirty three points. Uh, I mean, obviously, and also pick up the try bonus point. But if you win by thirty three points. You tend to get a try bonus point. It's an awful lot of penalties to kick to win by thirty-three points. Yeah. Um, to, uh, to to get there, um, and uh, up against the Rebels, and early on, it was it looked like it was on because hey, I mean, Crusaders lost McLeod um, early on to uh, to an injury, unfortunately. But um, after twenty minutes, it was seven twenty-six, um, and uh, you got to say at that point with a uh, nineteen-point lead. Um, with a quarter of the game down, uh, the uh, the thirty three point win was very much on for the Crusaders. Oh yeah, I, I, in fact, I actually for, thought for a moment there <clears throat> they'd actually do it quite comfortably. But you know, credit to this um, Melbourne Rebels team when they actually do hold on to the ball, they are able to create a, a little bit of pressure. But uh, you know, they'll they'll look back at uh, probably some of the defensive structures in this game and, and how they defended. There was, uh, I know. At, at the halftime break, uh, both Michael uh, Checker and also Morgan Turanui uh, basically highlighted some of their defensive frailties. In fact, there was an absolute classic where three three guys were defending on the left-hand side. Problem is, there was just absolutely nobody in front of them. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what they were defending, but if you look to the other side, they were thin on the uh, on the uh, on the right-hand side, and you know one of those tries. And it was a brilliant try. I think that was the uh, uh, the, the Will Will Jordan try was pretty much born out of just just really not reading the numbers on the on the right hand side. And um, Paul the put the old halfback Joey Powell had to had to uh, come out of defence to to fend against Richie Moanga. Well, one on one with a bit of space, that was a no contest. And of course, once the Ball got in the hands of uh, Will Jordan. That was a try for all money, and before you know it, it's twelve. It's twelve nil before you know it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you've got to say that the, the whilst um, look, their tackling percentage of seventy-one percent uh, and missing forty-eight tackles didn't help them. The real reason they missed those tackles, though, was because they were getting misallocations. They're getting allocations wrong, uh, and therefore only had an arm out um, or a weak shoulder to try and make that tackle. It was their allocation and then, and then and their, their, their matching up that was the problem, not necessarily their first up tackling per se um, that, that led to this one. Yeah. Um, the uh, Nocturne is how well did uh, Andrew Kellaway play? Uh, he made the um, the Wallaby squad. Yeah, uh, look, um, someone I got to talk to when he was over here in um, uh, Maritain a couple of years ago, uh, which was nice to, to talk to him. But um, uh, yeah, I, did, I put a tweet out saying that he was... Uh, uh, moving up the Highlanders' um, Christmas card list very quickly um, with, uh, with with some of his play, uh, uh, yeah, his 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 chasing back, his tackle, and look. One thing about this Rebels team is they did not give up in this game, um, which uh, 
for a game that really didn't mean anything to them. At the end of the day, they weren't go. It wasn't in front of the home crowd either because they're in they're in, um, they're in Sydney. Um, it was that was uh, good to see uh, that they kept yeah that, that they kept playing for the full eighty minutes when they didn't need to um, in this one. That, that, Paul, that's a good point to give up your to give up your home ground is uh, you know for a couple of games is is a real big thing because I would imagine they're they're a sort of sort of team that rely on a bit of hometown support and. Um, I mean, you've got to you've, you've you've got to give them their juice, and you know I, I know we're not talking about that Australian team tonight, but there were definitely probably a couple of players that that um, that played that played their way in, into into the Australian side. Seen Nike Sarani, the number eight, who's just been really really impressive for them, has um, has landed a place in the side, and of course also uh, Callaway. I think Corabetti might have made the side. As as well, but so um, mate, good 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 performance all round, and uh, really impressed with young Gordon, who's coming for his at first five for his first uh, um, Super Rugby uh, dance. He's been good as well. Yep, um, the uh, Sanjay. Yeah, to be honest, the Rebels need a te- uh, need ten years to develop <laughs> the, the player development pool, uh, and. Um, yeah, but they've had nearly ten years already. Remember when they had Cipriani to start off with? Uh, look, yeah, they they, so they they do need time, um, but they've had time. They, they need to put some proper 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 roots down there. Um, uh, Nocturnal right saying, yeah, a couple of Waratahs discards have made the Wallaby squad. Yeah, the Waratahs. The big problem there is they wouldn't spend the money. Look, they they decided to spend under salary cap, uh, and we've seen what's happened to them this year because of that. They lost players. Yeah. Um, so we, we Paul, we've, we've also got to remember is, <clears throat> you know. These sides are also gauged against New Zealand sides that have got a ton of depth, a whole lot of depth. That's what that's what we that's what we've got to got to remember. Um, these guys have just got to be a bit belligerent. I think some of the the issues have been in and around their coaching, and you know you could you could actually see that with that particular defensive pattern that we saw. Paul, I've never seen anything like that where three guys were defending an area and there was nobody there. You know that's that's. Defense one one oh one, if you know what I mean. They've got they've got some good numbers playing there. The other thing, they don't get the cream of the crop. Rugby league gets the cream of the crop crop when it comes to the oval ball players as well. But what what can help them in a big way is coaching. I'm re, I'm, yep. And I'm and I'm totally convinced of that. Yeah, look, there was a comment in here that um, uh, uh, about uh, about Checker being a perhaps a technical advisor role um, to to one or more of the franchises. Yeah, um, would he want to? I mean, he's got a lovely role at the moment at Stan Sport, to be honest. Um, and uh, let's put, uh, and he didn't leave on good terms with um, Australia rugby. Let's uh, again. So um, there definitely needs to be some bridges uh, mended there first um, on that one. Uh, look, the Crusaders finished this one um, twenty six fifty two. They didn't get the thirty three points they needed. Thirty three points difference they needed. Um, it ended up uh, being seven points short of that. Uh, and when you think that Braden Enor dropped the ball, um, uh, basically with, with with the try line begging in the first half, uh, we had a double movement one disallowed. We had um, other uh, another one where where lost control of it, um, etc. We had passes being forced that led to turnovers. Um, I think there's far too many. Uh, the, the Crusaders, I mean, whilst Mertz was saying, "Oh, I, I don't think it's them being anxious or anything," it's, I think it's over over enthusiasm. No, they were nervous. They were so <laughs> yeah. nervous on this one, um, and yeah, they were yeah. anxious. They were pushing it too yeah. much, uh, and uh, and Mertz, Mertz's commentary in this one was a, was appalling. And even and even more so in the last ten minutes, you could see that anxiousness set in. And even you know that 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 smooth, relaxed, relaxed passing. All of a sudden, passes were were were, were basically pushed. I mean to say. If, if, if credit to the Rebels, they could have really shut them right out and kicked the penalty goal and left it at that. And you always thought it wasn't until that final whistle went that it was still on because you know the Crusaders are capable of scoring a try from long range. But I've got to say, Paul, how fascinating it would have been to have been both a Highlanders supporter and a Crusaders supporter on, <laughs> on the weekend. <clears throat> Here you are, the Highlanders. You've got your, your bonus point and there's still 15 minutes to play. And you're hoping, oh, jeepers, can we, can we score another try just to basically seal it, or else we've got to keep the Brumbies out. And in the same situation of, 
of Crusader supporters. They still went through the whole emotion. I, I've got to be honest, for me, a dream final would have been the Crusaders v Blues um, because I, I, I think that would have been a, a real acid test. But to say that, I've, I've got to say, I'm, from a Blues point of view, there's also a sense of relief as well. Not that I'm not that I'm being disparaging to the Highlanders, but you know, to me, the Crusaders, whilst they didn't make these finals, I think they are the benchmark benchmark team. I do believe probably uh, having to back up a week later um, after the, uh, the after the final may have just cost them. They dropped their standards against the the, the Reds, but also if you look back at probably that last minute bonus try against the force as well that they, they let in probably were just little things that they'll probably look back and gee miss chances. Oh look absolutely and you say there was, there was that uh, I mean I think it was Brumbies who were who were straight after the final um in week one where they won by one point. Um as you say yeah and then also that force you say that 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 uh, um that force uh, uh, late try the yeah. denied the bonus point there as well. Yeah those on fine margins, this this uh, has has this uh, the, this final be decided. But question for you, Stephen: How legitimate will the winner of of, of Trans Tasman be um, with the Crusaders not being in there? Uh, and the Crusaders were on the same points. They've won the last five Super Rugby competitions. Uh, does it devalue the title? Mm, that's you know <clears throat> that that's a that's a great question because, like from a Blues point of view. The one that I'd always, <clears throat> the one, the one that I'd always want to win is Super Rugby Aotearoa because those, those, you know, you get to play, you get to play those teams up. You know, if you're a Crusader supporter, you shouldn't be feel too down because, man, as a Blue supporter, I'd, I'd take half of what they've achieved, despite what um, Aaron is um, um, trolling at the moment <laughs> with his, um, with his comment. Um, they, they are they are still the benchmark. They are probably how everybody view the All Blacks, and when they get knocked down a peg, it's, is it is it such a bad thing? Probably not at the end. Probably not at the end of the day. I mean to say, they pick up a bonus point, and it's the Blues travelling to Christchurch again. So that's you're right. That's that's how tight it was at the end of the game, and it's it, it's crazy to think that you played a competition where you where you actually didn't lose a game. <laughs> But you're not you still one. sort of thing. I mean to say that's that's where, yeah. at the end of the day, and I still haven't answered your question, where that almost gives me your, your, the answer if you know what I mean. You've just played the competition where you didn't where you didn't lose a game, and it came down to bonus points. Yeah, it didn't even come down to bonus points. It came down to um, points difference. Yeah. Um, points but difference. but even so, look at the end of the day, whoever wins it is the legitimate winner purely by the fact that. They all played by the same rules. They all knew what the rules were at the beginning of the competition. The, um, no rules were changed to favour or unfavour to certain sides. So, look, whoever wins it will be the legitimate winner. Um, but that doesn't make you the best team in uh, in Trans Tasman. Um, Simon Hughes has asked a very serious question, though: Should uh, Scott Robinson be uh, should be should be uh, should be fired now for not making the final? Um, I mean, uh, slipping up there uh, by by his own high standards. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Even my, even my screen almost fell off its stand when you wrote when you read that out. So, uh, oh my God, no, not at all. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, the uh, so Simon asks. Uh, he, he, he Simon agrees. He thinks Trans Tasman is more important than Altera. But there we go. Um, I'm not sure. I agree. I think uh, we've we've seen with with the with the five New Zealand teams being the top five teams. Uh, that uh, Super Rugby Altera, where they're playing each other, was the is is is, is the more important um, one. Uh, so we know you were joking about Scott Robinson uh, being um, being fired. Um, he says, random question: When will they decide on the format of the competition next year? For next year, um, yeah, who knows? Uh, first off, uh, Fiji Drua and Moana Pacifica have got to show they've got the funding um, to, uh, to to be able to uh, to get their, to get their contracts. Then use it, and Australia Rugby has got to be happy with. Um, Whatever the format is, uh, so look, we've got we've got a long way to go yet before that gets decided on uh, and finalised. So, lots of things, both political uh, and logistical, um, to be um, uh, to, to, to 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 be to be sorted out um, in that one. 
Look, uh, Fatex just who's a Blues fan says he's disappointed. He would like to play the best in the finals uh, and wish the wish the Crusaders were there. That's, to my mind, you know what? It's quite nice that someone else someone else is actually going to win one. Um, whereas, look, a sixth Crusader win on the trot would be a bit boring. Um, we need we, we do it does need to be to be to be shared around a bit. Otherwise, yeah, what's the point in uh, in watching these tournaments? I'm with you, Fed Exorcist. I'm with you, though. It, it would have been great, you know, if, you know, for me, for the Blues, it gives it, it beat, if you beat the Crusaders, if you beat a Crusaders team in the final, it gives it, oh, what's the word I'm looking looking for, Paul? It just basically gives it gloss. You've bet, you've bet the, um, you've bet the, uh, the super, super rugby or the bench, you've bet the benchmark team, shall I say. Yeah. Um, a bit like South Africa winning the Rugby World Cup without beating the All Blacks, but anyway, just to, <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just, just I'll just, I'll just drop that one there. <laughs> you've done well, Paul. You've done well. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, spoiler alert: the Blues beat the um, beat the Force and uh, and made it to the final. If you haven't guessed by what we've been saying already, um, the um, uh, so. Um, in this one, look, the Blues uh, won this game in the first half, uh, came out, absolutely um, dominated the, uh, the the force um, in that uh, in, in that opening half, winning it 28-0, playing some lovely rugby, um, led by the forwards, but using the backs when when it was on, um, getting the, uh, showing this good communication into the decision makers saying, look, the overlap's on, get the ball out wide now. Um, and... Um, at 28 nil. You're thinking, wow, this could be well. A, this is all over. But how big is the score going to get? Only for the Blues to basically switch off at halftime. Um, and uh, to be fair to the Force, the Force came back as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, the lineup wall eventually got there um, on 47 minutes. We had a real some silly play by Patrick Tuopolotti putting his shoulder into somebody uh, at a at a collapsed mall, totally unrequired. Um, we had then uh, um, another disallowed one with uh, a player clearing out after the ball had uh, was 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 available, and whilst he was clearing out a player and his arm caught a different player in the head, um, it still was an unnecessary play that meant that a try was disallowed um, in, in in that move, and he got yellow carded. Uh, so. Look, some 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 bad decision making there in the uh, second half um, of this one um, by the Blues, uh, but they held on. Uh, you can see when they when they kicked over the three points, uh, there was more composure in this one in, in this side than we saw with the Crusaders because they knew all they had to do was get the win, uh, and that's all that mattered. Uh, they put the hard yards in the first four rounds to earn that position going into this game. And that helps uh, help their mindset, didn't it, Stephen? Yeah, I <clears throat> I wondered at twenty eight nil if there was a uh, they maybe already started thinking, switched off and started thinking about the final next week, and probably just didn't pay the the force the due respect that they deserve. But and credit to the force they've shown in this competition, they are a bit of a <clears throat> excuse me a second half side. But I also think think one of the the key things was the, the loss of, of of Tom Robinson. He's such a good line out option. For the Blues, it just seemed once he'd left the field, um, they'd run out of options in, in terms of line out line outs that went to the pieces, and they they struggled 
in that second half and then gave the gave the force way much ball than um, they should have. And, uh, you know, the force showed, yeah, we, we, we're capable of scoring some points and we're, we're on the improve. And um, I'll tell you what, if somebody had told me before the beginning of the season, they'd, they'd hold the Chiefs, the Blues and the Crusaders to under 10 points, I would have put you on drugs. Um, seriously, um, they they are a very, very plucky side. And, uh, and and the uh, you know the heartbeat to that team is is centered right around Jeremy Thrush, and you know a couple of their veterans in the team, and also um, Richard Kahui in, in the backs. Who, well, when you consider it, it had been ten years since he played on Eden Park. That last game that he played in, ironically, was that 2011 Rugby World Cup final. Man, he's listen. He's known for his his the little touches that he did does right. That's why he originally made the All Blacks because he does. The little things spot on and once again showed his class. And gee, I love the competitive nature of Jeremy Thrush. He, he makes the line out a contest. And I think in the scheme of things, I've got the stats there, Paul, but I think he may have won most of his own line out, Paul. Um, just, uh, yeah, and, and uh, Aaron makes a point that the, 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 uh, the Blues line out fell apart in the second half. Um, the, uh, and, uh, but to me, both sides. I mean, uh, the Blues lost four lineouts, whereas the the Force lost five. Uh, look, that made it a bit a bit disjointed at times. Where you can't, if you can't get you, you get to have that platform, um, then, uh, then 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 it's a problem. Um, yeah, Simon's saying again, a bit like the Rebels, that the Force need ten years <laughs> to develop. Well, yes, but uh, um, they've look. They are putting development pathways in there. Um, we have seen what is a very last-minute put-together um, game uh, in this one, uh, in, and um, put, put, sorry, put a last-minute uh, last put-together squad, which has meant they've had to go out and get these veterans as the only players available. Uh, now, look, we've seen them improve during the season, which is good, uh, and now hopefully we'll see them over the next few years once they've got that guaranteed. Now they've got that guaranteed Super Rugby uh, place uh, to grow the grow the home-growing players. Paul, I just want to say. We shouldn't forget this is this this is their first year back in Super Rugby after a second year back. Yeah, they, they were back last year, but I mean they're back last year at like three weeks' notice. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah exactly. So, so in effect, let's say this is their first yeah. year when you when they when they've actually had a, a little bit of prep. So they've had to rely on players that they've had in the mix for a while. They, hence, why they've gone international. They decided to go, and I know for a fact not everybody in Western Australia is is happy about that. I I put a post up today, and a guy acted quite re angrily to it. Obviously, didn't agree with the fact that I sort of mentioned a lot of their senior players um, being the heartbeat of <clears throat> of this Western Force side. So, if they could somehow implement these younger players into this uh, Western Australian team or Western Force team, beg your pardon, it'd be the way to go. I see they've also signed a, a couple of players from other franchises. I think, I think they've signed the backup first five from uh, um, the Brumbies, um, who's, 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 basically, um, who's basically heading across to the Western Force. But I know there is a bit of resentment towards the number of international players that they have over there. I mean, to say somebody like Paul, um, the son of uh, Kane Koteka, the number seven, he's an example of, of somebody who's come out of their, their system, even the, the English number eight, even though he is uh, Callum, I think his name, even though he is from England, he's come out of their local system as well. And I know back in Perth, there is a little bit of resentment around not picking those local, local players, but you can understand where the force are coming from. They want to be competitive and sometimes just for now, and I think they're only in a bit of a holding pattern before maybe they can and unleash some of their talent over there. But we've got to say big South African contingent over there as well, Paul, in uh, Western Australia. So hopefully some of the talent that they have over there or the younger talent comes through. Yeah, look, I mean, as you say, it's a holding pattern. They have to put a squad together at late notice. Um, and uh, now they can start putting younger players through. Now, they, yeah, now as you say, um, one of the problems they've had around there is, or one of, the, one of the things they've done is they have gone shopping and bought a whole bunch of young uh, Australian players from the East and brought them over. So 
that might not improve the situation from a local player's point of view um, in the West, but it does. It will improve the situation from a uh, Wallabies um, qualified point of view. Um, so, and, and, and for us sort of foreign people who are watching in from overseas, we'll go, oh, look, they're all Australians. Um, rather than going, oh, look, look at all those All Blacks and English players in there. We'll be talking about, or ex-All Blacks, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah. so, yeah, so it might not look more Western, West Australia to the locals, but it will look more Australian to us, uh, the international audience. Yeah, let's 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 be honest here, Paul. Not all those internationals, I've got to say, have really, really stood up. I mean, it's a Rob Kearney at the back has been solid. And it was, listen, it was good to see him score score a try and, and possibly his last, maybe last appearance you'll ever see him down at, the, at, at this side of the world, unless they select him again next year. Um, you know, there's an Argentinian front row, which is it Miotti, I, I, really and truthfully, he hasn't sort of... Um, uh, Medrano, the, Medrano, the front row, yeah, Medrano, has been yeah, a bit hit and miss. Miotti, yeah, the, the fly yeah, half, has been a bit hit and miss as well. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 exactly. I mean, to say, I think you're more consistent ones have been probably the, the halfback thrush and, and, and Kahui um, to probably a lesser extent. I just can't think of the, the rest of their personnel at this stage, Paul. But, man, you know, pluck, plucky out of all Australian teams, I think they're probably the pluckiest and gutsiest of the side. The only real heavy defeat they had was against the Hurricanes, I think it was, where they were well, well and truly thumped. Yeah, no, look, it's it's a good start for the force, um, a good foundation for them to build on uh, going forward. So, yeah, uh, ha happy with how they've gone, with the resources they've got. Um, some comments about uh, the backs of the Blues and this, a bit in the stats point of view um, here. Uh, so Mark Delia, 75 metres running with ball in hand um, was good, but I mean, obviously we had those, uh, those, those tries from him. But if you look at the other players in this, uh, sorry, Black, four metres running with ball in hand with two runs. Um, TJ Fiani, 16 metres running. Rico Wani, 16 metres running. Bryce Heem, 34. And Zan Sullivan, 23. Wow, that's not much rugby playing being played by those back by those backs. It really was the forwards. Um, when the opportunity is on, give it to Talia to score. Um, and, uh, yeah, and um, basically Black, Talia, sorry, Black, uh, TJ Fiani and Sullivan uh, kicking the leather off it, saying we're playing down your end of the pitch, not ours. Uh, it was essentially... Um, the the game style. And we'll see whether that works uh, against the Highlanders next week. Yeah, yeah, and, 20, and you know the other the other thing that really stands out from this game, twenty one three scoreline to the uh, <clears throat> twenty one three to the scoreline in the in the second half to the to the West, Western Force. So it says yep. a lot about their tenacity, and maybe a little bit about the Blues completely shifting, um, um, switching off. But it was a, a smart decision amongst all that, and that was to take the three points from Otere Black because it just was enough to give them a little bit of uh, uh, breathing space. I mean, so the last thing they would have needed to do is the, the force to have uh, got a last-minute try, kick the conversion and got a draw. Um, that would have probably uh, unkept, a, that would have kept a really, really bad night for the Blues. But one thing's for sure, they can't afford to switch off against a, uh, a, uh, a Highlanders team that will be very motivated next weekend. No, absolutely. That's very, very true. Um, I'm just going to pick up a tweet that I uh, that, that I saw about the next game um, for us to um, uh, as we go on to talk about the next game. Um, that's um, yeah. Uh, so just remember, rugby is a team game. So all fortunate of you pass the ball to Wainui, um, which I think was pretty much the uh, the, the the the, the pre-game chat and the message um, for the Chiefs this, this week in their game against the Waratahs. I'll be honest, I switched off. Um, once I knew he got to four tries, uh, and um, so I missed the red card at the end. But um, yeah, five tries for for Sean Wainui. That's a, a bit of a, uh, a, a a good achievement for him. Oh, listen, it's fantastic, and it couldn't happen to a nicer kid. He really is a, a good kid. I know the family reasonably well. Um, uh, Paul, I know his, his dad, dad Peter will be absolutely <laughs> absolutely stoked. That's a hell of a record to carry around. Um, most tries here, and of course, uh, it's been he's been anointed by and taken that uh, that record of uh, you know was it um, oh god I can't remember one of the one of the Fijian wingers that he's actually uh, um, taken taken I don't know whether it's maybe Sivi Vatu or maybe one of the other uh, Fijian wingers that he's uh, taken off, but it, it was a former Chiefs player 
that he's taken the record off. And uh, yeah, few unfair comments on social net network. You know, my grandmother could have scored those tries. You know, really and truthfully, um, two or two or three of them were just straight run-ins. But boy, there were a couple of them. The last two, especially, that he had a bit of work to do. You know, had to had to beat a player, get it in the corner, and the last one they looked at replays uh, two or three times. You know, he just showed he's a finisher. What what else do you want from a winger? Hey, look, even when when you say, "Oh, all he has to do is just run it in." Now, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happened for that to have that, that that he's done for that to be able to happen sure there's been a lot of work done inside okay to 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 create uh, to, to pull in the extra defender but he has kept his width he's got himself in the right position he's let people know inside him that the opportunity is on so he's communicated it as well um he's then actually caught the ball um <laughs> which, which uh, let's be honest some players struggle with um <laughs> and put it down as well so uh look the um so for, um, uh, for, for, for him, though, uh, look, so there's an awful lot of work that's gone in, even just for a run over try uh, there. Um, so, look, don't, yeah, there's, we, we should, I don't think that you can be disparaging about that at all. Um, yes, a couple of those tries were team tries, but it's a team game, folks, right? Uh, at the end of the day, as much as my joke email there of the old um, uh, sort of re rewording of the Lomu um, quote. Um, but, um, the uh, so yeah so look hat uh, off to him well done um, clearly at uh, and um, the Chiefs uh, I mean, look it's it's a poor Waratah side that's had to go to the um, uh, 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 blank to the uh, to 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 the uh, shoot shield to get a few players um, a couple of those players on that team list I'm looking at going who are they uh, in the match day 23 so. Um, Look, the Waratahs have got themselves through this season. They'll be happy to see the back of it. Um, they uh, uh, And, um, yeah, the Chiefs uh, finished off on a high note. Um, look, uh, this season, uh, look, they started off with a couple of losses, made it to the Super Rugby Altero final. Um, Shaw came up short with a DMAC red card to the Reds um, and uh, so couldn't uh, sort of come last out of the uh, Super Rugby, um, out, out of the New Zealand teams that Super Rugby uh, Trans-Tasman in the fifth place. Um, but, uh, yeah, a pretty decent season for them on the whole and uh, good for them to sign off with uh, with this kind of result. Yeah, and, and listen, they've had, to, they've had to deal with the season throughout the most of it without the without the all-black skipper as well, Paul. It, it shouldn't be forgotten that, you know, Sam Kane mm -hmm. um, has been one one heck of a loss for this, uh, for this Chiefs team. Um, you know, next year they'll have Brady Retallick back. And boy, they will be a completely different, different beast. One of those two two locks, young locks, is going to be unlucky next year. You've got to say, Paul, to 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 have to sit on the bench, and and all of them, like Jacobson and Boshier, they've all had their moments with with this Chiefs team. But uh, boy, I I just love how they're capable of, of of sparking something out of nothing at times. They, I can recall a a, a moment there where they basically break up from their own goal line. And <clears throat> it was only really a, a misdirected pass by uh, by Brad Weber, which probably stopped stopped us seeing one of the tries of the, of the season, taking into account who they who they were playing. Um, to be honest, with the, with the Waratahs, um, they didn't uh, offer a whole lot of um, a whole lot of threats in their in, in their team. And I'm going to probably butcher his name, but uh, Knuckle Toe. No, I don't even know. What I, I can't even begin to say his name. But the boy playing uh, fullback for the um, for the Waratahs, he he was probably their best attacking weapon. Once um, Parisi had left the field with uh, what looked like a serious injury, and obviously one that's going to keep him out of the <clears throat> out of the Wallabies, which <laughs> it's a good segue into what Nocturnal Rights has just said about Lockie Swinton. Listen, I I love the way Lockie Swinton plays the game. He plays right on the edge but and, and he's probably a Simon Poitavin, Rocky Elson type player, you know, that big number six that's got a bit of bit of attitude, but I think it's it's something in his game that he's gonna have to rope to rope in. There's probably a lot for you to take into Paul. Yeah, so well I would switched off by the by the red card. Um but yeah you can't um bash you, you, you can't go into a ruck and put your shoulder in someone's head from what I've seen of the replays. 
of it. Um, yeah, something he just needs to get his decision making better on. Um, Nakwana Tuasi, um, and again, I've butchered it, but I made a good go. Um, attacking wise, yes, but defensively has, has some problems in there. And you're right, look, Perezi, real shame for him to dislocate his shoulder. Um, very, very sad. Uh, and I did, I, I put a tweet out saying, hey, look, final game of the season, Perezi versus the Chiefs, um, because at certain times it looked like that, that he was basically yeah. the only, he was oh. fighting a one man army. Um, Just- and once he went off, yeah, it became a little. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. More than a than a uh, semi-opposed training run, effectively. Just, just, just so powerful. You imagine mm. putting him <clears throat> around really, really good players. Imagine him in a New Zealand franchise, being an absolute handful with <clears throat> in, in a good franchise team. He, he would be an absolute handful with the ball in hand and a bit of bit of space. He he is one player in the Australian in this Waratahs team that I don't think has dropped his standards. Uh, throughout and has always looked relatively strong. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of areas where they've uh, where they've struggled. They've struggled at at, at scrub time. Um, listen, Jack Jack Whitten has has gone all right for them. Um, he's he's been solid, and, and so is you know Sam Kidd when he's been on. But in reality, they probably wouldn't have they probably wouldn't have made a a New Zealand Super Squad those two boys, if I'm correct. Yeah, look, it's um. The I mean, with 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 Parisi and it, the, 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 there was the comment there that look he he goes in full ball on every single tackle he doesn't need to do that so again I look he's still a young guy um, I'm pretty sure uh, so uh, yeah just needs to learn around decision making you don't have to smash people in every single tackle um, he's 24 a bit older than I thought perhaps um, but um, the uh, so yeah you don't have to smash someone in every single tackle uh, and that's probably what led to his um, his injury. Um, there, um, unfortunately, uh, let, let's hope he comes back fully from that. Um, the uh, you're talking about there about some um, Retallic coming back, uh, and that either Arcoy or the I will have to sit on the bench. Well, look, what I think it, it gives them is the ability to rotate those three, right? It means they don't have to play Retallic every single game, um, or start every single game. Um, a bit like why did Fukutava sign at um, the Highlanders? Well, because he knows the All Blacks are quite happy for Aaron Smith to be putting Colin Wall and come off the bench um, half the time during the season. He doesn't need to play uh, 80 minutes every game. So give Fukutava 60, 40 minutes um, every game and he'll develop nicely. So, uh, look, I, I, I wouldn't be... If I was a Lord or, a, or an Arcoy or a Vi, I would not be looking to try and find another franchise to go to just because Retallick's coming back and going to take up some game time. I, I, I agree, Paul. You know, I think players, the modern players, got to realise this is a yeah, a twenty-three man game these days, and all you can do is go out whether you come off the bench or not, and just put your put your best foot forward. And if you're coming off the bench and you're adding adding value, 
I think you're opening, you, you know, I think you're putting yourself in a, in a in a good position, no matter who the coaches are, whether it's your own coaches or the All Black coaches. The um, Yeah, I mean, look, and Brody Italic, what is he now? He's uh, 30 years old. Um, so, uh, and he could, um, so yeah, look, they, they, he'll be happy, I think, to manage his game time over the next two years uh, up to the World Cup, and who knows what he'll do after that. Obviously, he's already been to Japan for two years as sabbatical. Uh, will he want to go back again? Uh, it depends on how his how his time has gone up there. Um, but uh, Wayne Smith has said he's been he's playing some of the best over his career, so um, maybe he will be um, be back there. Maybe maybe he will go back after the World Cup. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, folks, that's um, our roundup of the uh, round five action. Um, just one game next weekend as the Blues host uh, the Highlanders there uh, up at Eden Park. Uh, apparently 8,000 tickets already have been sold since this morning. Um, so let's hope there's a sellout at Eden Park for their first final in 18 years. Uh, and let's hope there's a nice big, a, big, um, a nice big crowd there. Stephen, thank you very much for joining me. No problems, Paul. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, well, actually, I know you've had a sick weekend, so hopefully you're nice and rested for work next week. And um, a lot of, folks, There's been a lot of sleep. <laughs> and folks, don't forget to join us on uh, Tuesday evening. Um, for the Driving Wall Show.